I want people to consider everything, the challenges, the heartbreak, is all a gift and a test and an opportunity to be a better version of ourselves. We never grow when life is great. When life is great, we take the foot off the gas pedal and we go cruise and we're like, life is great. We're not learning anything new. It is when we are on our knees, desperate, hopeless, helpless, where we feel like we can't get up anymore. And then we do get up and we persevere. That is the moment that we honor ourselves and our life and our journey. I remember thinking when I was going, becoming an entrepreneur for the first couple of years and like, oh my God, did I do, did I make the right decision? I remember thinking to myself, God, why me? Why is all of these crappy things happening to me? Whether it was infidelity or my business, I had like, I failed my webinar, whatever. And now sitting where I'm sitting, here we are five years later and looking back at my life, I see everything from my dad's death to my dad's infidelity, to being bullied, to being sexually abused as a child, all of that has been a gift for me to be the person that I am so that I can support and love the people who need the most love and healing in the world. And so that is my thing to everybody is consider that there is no mistake and that you just need to figure out what is the lesson here that you need to get from. And the second thing I wanna say is, Peace. We all want peace, but peace is willing to let go that anything is wrong. Anything wrong with you, anything wrong with your partner, anything wrong with your kids, and even the world and even your body. That is what peace is. And we all want it. And yet we're like, how do we get there? And the simple answer is you got to let go that anything is wrong and just be in life, be present, be grateful, and be love. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, there we are again right here. Hey, thanks for coming in on the Professor of Perseverance podcast. I am Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance. Remember, don't get overwhelmed with the doctor because I can't write out a prescription for you. But if you need me to, I can drive you to pick up something from your pharmacist if you need me to. So we'll go from here. Hey, today our guest, she's going to talk about how her divorce ended up being a gift in her life uh, afterwards. Uh, remember, Sometimes we go through our tragedies, our suffering. It's not fun when we go through it. But once we get to the other side and see how strong we are, what we're capable of doing, we do all right. Also, she says that to call in roughly the age of 40, roughly we'll say, okay, she decided to turn into a life coach, a life relationship coach um, because she had finally overcome being the perfect people pleasing, overachiever, good Catholic girl. So welcome to the show, Janelle Green. Thank you, Dr. James. Nice to be here. I'm excited for this conversation. Oh, we're going to have a good old time here and go from there. So uh, I'm glad you're here. Appreciate you here to share your message so we can help the next person that listens. Uh, Because you know as well as I do, 
you didn't go through this all by yourself and you're the only one in history. There's a million other people out there and they don't know what to do to get out of their situation. And your little two cents worth is going to help them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm ready to answer whatever it is or talk about anything there is that we weren't going to talk about today. So let's do it. We're in good shape. Hey, I tell people, uh, you know, they, those saying, you know, put my two cents worth, but I tell people because inflation, it's a nickels, <laughs> uh, but because it's inflation, it's still only worth two cents. So, yeah. so all right, Janelle, I'm going to let you uh, hop in, get us started. To, so you're the people pleasing person. You like to always help other people yeah. do what they want, follow their directions, no matter how unhappy you are. You were going to make sure that the other person, because they asked, you were going to fulfill their desires. Right. Yeah. So a little bit about me. Um, I am a first generation a Canadian in my family. My background is Filipino. My family generations back have come from a very poverty stricken, you know, your traditional third world um, kind of family where most majority of my family have never been to high school, definitely have never been to university or college. And so I have taken it upon myself to really transform the way of thinking for my family and, and, and impacting future generations and really breaking that, you know, that poverty mindset. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a really great family, you know, we were brought up to work hard, to love God, to be a good person, But, you know, as I started to become an adult and go through, you know, that identity, like, who am I and who do I want to become process, I really started to discover that the things that I thought were good attributes, you know, also had, it was kind of like a double-edged sword. So, yeah, I was a good girl. Yeah, I got straight A's. Yeah, you know, I was mommy and daddy's girl. But when I really stopped to think about it, I realized that, because of that, I didn't actually know who I was authentically. I knew who people wanted me to be and who mm-hmm. I was for people, but I didn't actually know who, what I wanted. And so I went through life kind of just like most people, you know, you get an opportunity, you get a job, you're like, oh, I like this job. And you keep going and you start progressing, you go up that corporate ladder. And so for me, my first 15 years of my life was working in sales, in software sales. Mm -hmm. A very large company. And I was so fortunate, Dr. James, you know, I got to work for a company in sales that actually sent me on a free trip to Bermuda. I got to bring my husband and we got treated like royalty. The year after that, I went another trip to Rome. Same thing, got another week of royalty. But it was around that time where I really started to feel like something was brewing inside my soul. Like okay, I've done this. I've reached the top of this mountain called free trip. Now what? And I've always had this thought, this mentality that if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like, okay, well, what's next for me? And I felt like I had gotten to as high as I wanted to be with with, with integrity And there was just this rumbling in my soul. And this was just before I turned 40. And it was almost like I 40, that was last week, wasn't it? (laughs) No. No, no. Um, It almost was the experience of being on this bullet train. Mm -hmm. 
going a thousand miles an hour and I'm in, I'm in the first class and I'm drinking champagne and I'm like loving life. And all of a sudden I have this awakening moment where I stand up and I go, where the heck am I even? Mm -hmm. And where is this train going? And do I even want to be on this train? And it was the first time I actually questioned that. And so I spent the next you know, a few months just really figuring out what that was. And at the end of the day, I end up quitting my my $130,000 job, salary job, with no plan B. No plan B. And so there I remember go. waking up that morning and saying to my husband, honey, I'm going to quit my job. And he's like, what? There <laughs> you go. Have, and he's like, do you have another job plan, another job lined up? And I said, no. But I just know in my heart, I can't be here anymore. Like I'm dying inside. And so my my amazing husband said, honey, you do what you need to do. I trust you. And I got your back. So I was like, okay. So I quit. And for the next six months or so, I went on this journey of like going inwards and really just starting to ask myself, what is my life actually about? Because I'm pretty sure God did not put me on this planet to make a lot of money and sell software. And that's it. Like I, exactly. Yeah. And I've always felt special. I've always felt like I was different from everybody and maybe it's my upbringing. I'm not sure, but I just felt much more wise, if you will, maybe more enlightened Mm -hmm. than a lot of people. And so I felt a lot of my life, I felt very, very lonely. And so when I turned 40, I went through this process. I actually hired a coach to help me figure out what does the next, version of Janelle 2.0 look like mm-hmm. and you know there was this moment I remember sitting on the couch and I'm you know here I am I knew I was turning 40 in a few months and I pictured myself at the pearly gates of heaven at the end of my life and Saint Peter says to me Janelle what did you do with what did you do with your life on earth and I couldn't really think of anything major or notable that I could say here is my my claim to fame as to what my soul accomplished on this planet. I mean, yeah, I donated a lot of money to family because I had an abundance of that, but I couldn't pinpoint any moment in my life where I felt like I had given myself over to something that was bigger than me. Yeah. And I felt that that was what was next for me. And I, but I didn't know what that would be. And so I eventually started to really think about, okay, well, what, if I were to be reborn and I could be anything I ever wanted to be, anything, what would that be? And so I really started to do the digging and what I imagined myself was, was making a difference for people on stage or coaching them in private and really in the world of transformation. And I was so attracted to that because the last 20 years of my life until that point, I had been doing all the work to get over my divorce, to get over my dad's infidelity and him leaving and all the abandonment issues that were created when I was nine years old. And so I had already done so much work on myself and I knew that I could actually help people do the same. And so now, you know, I, because of my amazing marriage and also my divorce, I really get to bring that experience of what a blissful relationship looks like also and also the ones that you know the, the lessons that I learned from my from being with someone that wasn't meant for me and oh, yeah. that love and that that compassion 
um, to my clients who are really struggling to save their family, as well as humans or individuals that are where like where I was, where they're like, you know what? I don't love myself. I don't love my life. Uh, I am living for everybody else. I'm putting everybody else in front of me. And now I'm, I feel like I'm sucked dry and I'm depressed and I'm anxious and, and I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah. There's a people pleasing within you to, again, make sure they're happy. Uh, Not care. I mean, not that you didn't care, but you neglect yourself. That's right. And and from there. Yeah. So, um, um, and I, I'm all big. I'm all for that. Um, we're put on this big ball of dirt uh, to help the next person, you know, yeah. and, and then paid everything forward to, yes. to do what we can. I mean, to be selfish and keep everything to ourselves, well, you're not taking it with you. So, yes. so you yeah. might as well share your talents in other ways to help other people. And yeah. if they supersede way past you, what you're doing, that's more power to them you know, that they'll be able to help the next person. Absolutely, Dr. Jones. And, you know, I when I look at my wall, there's actually a plaque and it says, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of your life is to give it away. Yeah. I like that quote. That's good. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah I'm, I'm a big believer. It's, uh, and, and today, your gift may not be the same in 10 years. You know, yeah. uh, say you're all for, again, helping other people, da, da, da. But then say 10 years now, you get hit by a drunk driver and you live through that. And now you want to help other people that are survivors of drunk drivers. And yeah. then so it, it yeah, just whatever you're doing today, don't. Th- and it could be your purpose and your gift for all your life. But don't be surprised if it changes a few times. Absolutely. And I think the goal here for people is to be able to hear what that is, because there's so much noise, right? Other people's opinions, social media, our parents and their influence on us. And we sometimes can't actually hear what we already know. And so a lot of times my clients will say to me, Janelle, what do I do? Do I stay in this marriage or don't I? And I ask them, what does your heart tell you? Yeah, that's the first place to go. Because then you go, well, my heart says this, but, and then, so then the work is to deal with the but. But then we know intuitively within ourselves, we just sometimes don't trust it or we're afraid to fail. Exactly. Or regret. And I, you know, people go, I'm scared of making the wrong decision. I said, well, consider a decision is just a decision. It's not good or bad. It's just what you choose in that moment that really makes sense to you and feels right to you in that moment. But I feel like because we're so, we've become the society of people that are so afraid to fail, we're not even willing to take the chance that we need in order to become whoever it is that we want to become or accomplish whatever it is that we want to accomplish. And I've, you know, I've definitely been living that life for the last four years as I build this business on the foundation of love. Good deal. Um, We are the worst critics on ourselves that anybody else can uh, propose to us. You know, we sit there and like you said, afraid afraid of failure, you know, so we decide we want to make a change in life, but then we're afraid to rock the boat because we know where we're at in life and we don't know the unsure when we fall out of the boat to try something different. And, but we hear these other people 
you don't need to do that. Oh, you shouldn't try that. Oh, what if you fail? Or you're going to lose everything. And then you're going, yep, 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 yep. And then instead of listening to your own intuitions, and like you said, rationally out, come up with a good decision, a good plan. And then go, you don't have to make, you don't have to act on that plan today. But if you can come up with a good idea and something, then you can start planning on that plan. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, is that we need to listening to our, our, our hearts. I feel like that's where it's spirit. And, you know, if you believe in God, like, I feel like that's where he talks to us and we just need to be quiet enough to really listen and be able to turn down the volume of the other voices in our head, which oftentimes is our parents. And it's the voices of our parents of fear, not of love. It's their mistakes, their fears, their beliefs that they put on us. And then we go around thinking that that those are our beliefs when really they're not. And then we think we're stuck with them. And I'm like, you're not stuck with them. You can actually choose it. But again, we've been brought up in the society and a lack of education around what it means to actually be our own person, right? Like when we were growing up as children, when we were good girls and boys, we got love and and praise and and appreciation. And then when we did our own thing, when we didn't listen to our parents, we were rejected. We felt like we were not good enough. We felt like quote unquote bad kids. And so I think as adults, we're still stuck in in that cycle and part of the work that I do with my clients is helping to break that cycle. And so they can stand on their own two feet and make decisions that are, are authentic to them. Not what is going to make mom and dad happy, not what the friends are going to say, or even the spouse, but just do what's good for you. Cause at the end of the day, when you go to bed at night, guess who's there? You, you know, you're so, responsible for your own happiness and success. That's right. And so when I was going through my divorce, like that was a huge time in my life. This was the beginning. That was what spurred my path to self-development because I was going, you know, I had gotten married. I thought everything was great. You know, I thought this is it. This is the, this is what I had been waiting for. And then pretty much as soon as we came home from our honeymoon, it was almost like he'd been wearing a mask this whole time. And as soon as we came home from our honeymoon, it came off. Hmm. It was like, oh, this is who I am. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) who are you? Um, And so I felt really duped. I felt like I was, right? I was duped. And so I was very angry. And I just remember thinking to myself, what is it about me that I keep attracting men that are not good for me? And yet I, I am so like in love with them. And so that's when my work started. And that's when I really started to heal myself. And what I got to was like, oh, when I was nine, right, that moment when I was nine, you know, I found out my mom told us that my dad had cheated on my mom with my mom's best friend and had a baby and got her pregnant. Mm. And now he was leaving us. And I was nine. My sister was six and my brother was three. And so doing the work, doing the inner work, I, you know, I wanted to know, like, what was it? What was the experience that I had as that nine year old standing there watching my dad leave? And what I discovered was I decided three things. Number one, I'm unlovable. Because if I was lovable, my dad would have stayed. Right. This is the nine year old mind mm-hmm. thing. I can't trust men. <laughs> and thirdly, 
everybody I love will leave me. Yeah. And so no wonder I was going through life attracting these men, being super needy, you know, just all the ways of being that wasn't working for me. And so I really, that was when my, my growth started. And from that experience, what the, what the breakthrough or the miracle from that divorce was, was that, you know, a couple of weeks after I had done this course and done the work, I was able to come to my, to my ex-husband and say, you know what? I got to be responsible. You know, I have not been a great wife to you. I've been judging you. I've been making you wrong. I've been withholding love. I've been blaming you for my unhappiness. And you're, you know what? You're pretty great just the way you are. And it doesn't work for me. Yep. And so instead of, you know, the old Janelle would have come at it like, you're a jerk and you tricked me, you know, all of this victim talk. And I just took my power back and I was like, you know what? This was me too. And because of this, Dr. James, I, we went to the divorce courts together. We signed the papers. There were no lawyers. And our our, our divorce costed a total of $80. There you go. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a lot more than, uh, who's that uh, going through a big one right now? Costner. Oh, is <laughs> he? Oh, I don't uh, know. Yeah, with a well, the, one of his other divorces cost him eighty million, and so so now they're they're saying this one here is going to be more than that. So, wow. uh, um, so you, you had the wrong, you had the good eighty, eighty dollars compared wow. to the eighty million. Yeah. and you uh, know what? We even went for dinner. We even drove there together. We sat together, and then after dinner, you know, he just, I just turned to him and I gave him a kiss on the cheek, and I said, "Good luck." Seriously, good luck. And I love. Did y'all have any children? No, thank you. Okay, so that that is yeah. So yes, um, we didn't I, have I, property. I, we didn't have kids. We were only married for I think about two or three years. So mm-hmm. we didn't, and things declined very quickly. And then yeah. to add on top of what was going on, we actually got in a really bad car accident. And so the things that were already like the the friction between us already was there and then add a car accident and whiplash and and insurance and all of the all the extra extra stress added to it yeah it was it just compounded and so i think you know of course it made things worse but at the same time i think it was a blessing because i got to see how really this relationship doesn't work because of the breakdown yeah and i um I've never been married, but uh, I would hope that I, I would hope a lot of divorce would end like yours, that y'all could still be friends and still yeah. wish the best for each other. That doesn't happen. No. You know, they still hold that anger all the rest of their lives. Even if they remarried, they're still holding that anger. And uh, I, yeah, they need to learn life would be much better if they forgave. Yeah. Then hold on to all that as well. Yeah. So, uh, one thing, one thing I want to go back to is um, when you talk about nine years old, finding out your dad's infidelity and area. Um, there's no good time to find out when dad's been the, uh, or even mom, but mainly a dad, because dad's supposed to be the rock of the family. And when this happens, there's no good time, but especially when it's children, because like you said, uh, Dad may not have done this if I would have done something better or if I would have loved him more or yeah. you know, the children yeah. 
they take that on that unnecessary blame. Yeah. Uh, when when Dad knows he's the one that messed up, but yeah, it's but it's just because him being that rock of the family, and now you're going. He's not what we thought, you yeah. know. And, and so, I was yeah. in Daddy's world too, right? So yeah, yeah. So tough. yeah. Um, and also, I wanted to go back to way back when we were rocking the boat and everything. That um, <laughs> I can understand people fear of failure. Yeah. But have you met anybody that their fear is success? Me. <laughs> there you go. Success because what is it? Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, you know, what'd you do? You, yeah. you end up quitting your $130,000 job and everything. And now you're going, now what's next? I got to come back. I got to do something to get $10 back anyway, somewhere. And yeah, uh, yeah so, but people fear of success because I don't know what the future pose for me. And then there's also that, that family, like you talked about, they have mom and dad's um stuff uh, built into them uh yeah. uh poverty built into them and so they think i can't do better than mom and dad they'll think i'm uppity i'm better than them they'll think and so then they sit complacent absolutely and i've when been in reality those spots yeah and within reality i would hope mom and dad would encourage you to do better than them but i can still see where the person goes, if I do that, they're going to think that I'm trying to outshow them, make them look bad. And yeah, then the whole thing stops again. Yeah. I, you know, luckily for me, I did not experience that. My parents left the Philippines so that we could be successful. Mm -hmm. For me, it was more like, who do you think you are? It was the voice in my head. And also the un the unworthiness conversation, which I think a lot of people have. And for me, what I, I've struggled with my whole life is that, you know, my mom is one of seven children. And she's the only one that was actually able to escape that life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, here I, here I am in Canada living this life, you know, getting my nails done and going for dinner, you know, doing all the things that we do. And I am so present to what's going on in my family. They can barely afford to put their kids through school. Mm -hmm. They have no food on the table. They are always out of work. There's, it's just so much struggle. And so I've really, you know, I've been dealing with my, what makes me special that I get to live this extraordinary, if you want to call it, e quote unquote, easy life compared yeah. to my family who's struggling. Like what makes me any better than them? And I, I really struggled with that. Like, why is life easy for me and hard for them? What did I do or what did they do? And, but now like as a coach and having done this now for four or five years, I really, I see it in a very, very different way, you know, but definitely there's that fear of failure, but the fear of success is like, well, if I become the person I know to myself to be, and I hold myself to this caliber, uh -huh. how, how long can I keep that up? Yeah. What is the what is the cost mm -hmm. of that? What is the cost of that level of success? Right. And of course, coming from a poverty mind stricken family, it's very much like, oh, money's evil. Money's for like, you know, selfish people have money. You're not, you know, like if you're spiritual, you should be humble. And so I had to like really grapple with this old school mentality and poverty mentality versus the new school. 
versus, you know, what the society says versus what mm-hmm. my friends say. So it has, I can, I can appreciate how hard that is for, for all of us to kind of be in that position where you see all of this and you're like, okay, I see it, but what do I do? How do I figure this out on my own when I don't even know what I want? That's right. Um, right? It took me a while. Um, um, I don't know if you know, but I'm in a wheelchair. I got my neck broke playing football. And mm-hmm. so I'm in a wheelchair. And it took me a while the first few years of going out in public in a wheelchair because where I'm from, people saw me as this athlete. And wow. now I'm, I'm this weak man. And again, I was more judgment on myself. Yeah. I'm thinking everybody's looking at me. Psh, nobody cares about looking at me. But yeah. I, I, that's what I'm thinking. So it took me a while to figure it out that you can't go by what other people see or think of you. You've got to see the worth within you. And then you deserve anything, the best that you can do for yourself. And again, take that and give it, spread it, share it, pass it on, pay it forward. And a good thing about the, the internet, they say, Janelle, is that's here forever. So just think, Janelle, a hundred years from now, Somebody's going to get to this podcast on here and you're going to give us information to help them out a hundred years from now. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting about fear. You know, I was, I was actually talking to someone about this yesterday uh, about unworthiness. Mm -hmm. And she asked me, she says, you know, where did this conversation around unworthiness and not deserving come from? And I said, I think it comes from my family, but When I actually sat down and I tried to think, okay, well, did anyone say anything to me? Who was it? What what voice is showing up in my head that makes me feel that I don't deserve or I'm unworthy? And I said it was my family, but then I started to go through my head about all, you know, all my family, who it could be that I got that belief from. And I couldn't think of anyone. So then my brain said, well, then maybe, Janelle, maybe no one actually said that. Maybe you thought or you think that they're thinking that about you, but they're not actually thinking that about you. And so I think that's a lot of it is we have so much story. We create story that we think is true and we convince ourselves that they said this. But in actual fact, in reality, it was something that we made up that we said, oh, they must have thought this. They, sh- they assumed something. So I think that's part of the the work is going, okay, what is actually so? Did I did they actually say that or did I make it what they said and I made it mean something else? Like I my interpretation was this. See, I, I would have looked at it this way. Again, maybe I didn't hear anybody say it to me, but it was my upbringing. Yeah. You know, that it was all I knew is to go work the field or whatever you had to do and come home and barely getting the bread and soup and yeah. because that's what I experienced. And so that's what I thought life is all about until I finally woke up. Yeah. It took a, a divorce, a whiplash and to wake up and decide, you know, I deserve better. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, 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 th- I would have looked at it that way. That's the way I was brought up. Not necessarily anybody said you need to stay poor, James. It's just, that's the way we were raised. Yeah. And, and until we break the chain. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I've been doing this work for 20 years and I still do the work every day. It is not this top of the mountain. You get there like, okay, I'm done. Life is good. It's perfect. I'm done. I can now climb down the mountain. It is this 
topless mountain that we will continue to climb as long as we're willing to continue to discover newly. And I think, you know, talking about fear, some of us were afraid. We know we need to do the work and yet we're afraid to do the work because we don't know what's on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. What I want to say to everybody and, you know, is that everything, everything you want in life is on the other side of fear. There's a good little story. I remember uh, a guy was uh, at his doctor's visiting the doctor and while they're in there, the doctor's giving the guy a physical and they could hear the doctor's dog on the outside of the door scratching on it. And then uh, he, he asked the doctor, he says, um, what's on the other side of life? And the guy goes, the doctor goes, hmm. He opens up the door and he says, he said, you know, my dog will wear scratching because he knew that I was on his side and he wanted to be in with me. So what's on that other side is what you expect it to be on that other side. Mm. If it's your loving family, your loving people, or if you're evil people, it's going to be. So he he had no idea what's over here. Just he knew I was on the other side of the door. And so, yeah, like you said, to go to the other side takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Takes a lot of courage. Yeah. And again, it goes back to you don't have to make that full decision to do something today. You don't have to jump in the deep end of the pool. You can always put your toe in first, test the waters. And then as you build more confidence and courage, more education, more, then you can go ahead and do what you think is best then. Yeah. I think clarity is something that a lot of people struggle with. That's you know, true. We are very clear about what we don't want, all the things we resist, avoid. Uh, we, we're clear about that. You know, when I do a consult, I do a free consult for my clients. And, you know, I say, well, why are we here? And they tell me, you know, for half an hour, they're telling me all the things that don't work. I'm like, yeah. okay, okay, so what do you want? And then they look at me like I have two heads and they're like, I've never thought about that. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's why you are in the position you're in, because all you're thinking about is all the things you don't want. And yet you have no idea what it is that you do want. So you just get more of what you don't want. I'm changing the subject just a little bit. When you said two heads, it reminded me three nights ago, I woke up in the middle of the night dreaming of a cat with four eyes. <laughs> oh, my God. It wasn't two heads. It was just four eyes where they didn't, where they didn't split, you know, the embryo. That's <laughs> so, hilarious. All right. So, Janelle, hey, thank you for being here and sharing with us. And uh, hey, go ahead and tell us how we can uh, find you, how people can get hold of you for some coaching, consultation, uh, yeah. social media, anything like that. Yeah. People can find me either at my name, JanelleGreen.com, or easier is SaveOurMarriage.ca. And I gift everyone who is interested in getting some support one hour of my time whether they decide to work with me or not. Because sometimes whatever it is that they're, that they're dealing with, there could be just one nugget of awesomeness that they hear. Yeah. Or a one thought that they need to start thinking. And they don't actually need to get further help from it. Like everything starts to fall in place when they can figure that piece out. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad that if, if people don't need me, but if there are those that, saying, you know what, I'm really clear about what it is that I want in my life. And I just don't know how to get there. And I need a, and I need accountability. Cause I think that's the oh, big yes. accountability, right? Exactly. Yes. For someone, for someone to just say, Hey, stop it. 
put that little foot in your butt when you need it. Right, you know, yeah, and, and you know what? And do the uh, happy, loving encouragement when needed. The, t- you know? the, the loving, tough love, right? The tough. That's love. right. That's right. So yeah, yeah. And I am, I am, I am a huge advocate of that, and that's why my clients get the the success that they have. I'm also on LinkedIn under Janelle Green. I'm also on Instagram at Save Our Marriage, and I'm also on Facebook at Save Our Marriage. So people can and, get with me. Okay, and I'll get this information and put in the show notes for people to find it. And uh, for the ones listening, Janelle Green, that's an E at the end of yes. Green. An that's E right. at the end of Green when you go hunt for Janelle Green, <laughs> E at the end. So, all right, Janelle, thank you for being here. Boy, you've been a blessing for me. I know that's for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the upbeat. Again, I tell other people, I'm glad I got to meet you on this side than the struggling earlier side, even though it would have been fun watching you grow to where you're at today. So, but I'm I'm glad we got to meet. Thank you. I am definitely not the same person. If you met me five years ago, I am nothing like who I was five years ago. And I'm proud of that. I'm really proud of that. You should be. You should be. Uh, I I believe it, uh, especially people that are, again, the people pleasing, timid, uh, afraid to do things for themselves. Once they wake up and realize I mean, you can't help other people if you're miserable in your life, your yeah. health starts failing in your life. You're not going to be a people pleaser then. So you've got to take care. It's not selfish to take care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right, Janelle, we know there are people hurting and struggling today. And if you could leave us with a positive message to help them get through today, that'd be a blessing. Hmm. I want people to consider everything, the challenges, the heartbreak is all a gift and a test and an opportunity to be a better version of ourselves. We never grow when life is great. When life is great, we take the foot off the gas pedal and we go cruise and we're like, life is great. We're not learning anything new. It is when we are on our knees desperate, hopeless, helpless, where we feel like we can't get up anymore. And then we do get up and we persevere. That is the moment that we honor ourselves and our life and our journey. I remember thinking when I was going, becoming an entrepreneur for the first couple of years and like, oh my God, did I do, did I make the right decision? I remember thinking to myself, God, why me? Why is all of these crappy things happening to me? Whether it was infidelity or my business, I had like I failed my webinar, whatever. And now sitting where I'm sitting, here we are five years later. And looking back at my life, I see everything from my dad's death to my dad's infidelity to being bullied to being sexually abused as a child. All of that has been a gift for me to be the person that I am so that I can support and love the people who need the most love and healing in the world. And so that is my thing to everybody is consider that there is no mistake and that you just need to figure out what is the lesson here that you need to get from. And the second thing I want to say is peace. We all want peace, but peace is willing to let go that anything is wrong, anything wrong with you, anything wrong with your partner, anything wrong with your kids and even the world and even your body. That is what peace is. And we all want it. And yet we're like, how do we get there? And the simple answer is you got to let go that anything is wrong and just be in life, be present, be grateful 
and be love. Amen, sister. Good, powerful words there. Hey, you said the word perseverance. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. Let me give you a fist bump. <laughs> I love it. Thank all you. right. So there you go. So, all right. Appreciate that. I ain't got to use that uh, little toy in a, in a few podcasts. Okay. Awesome. All right. I don't tell people to use it, but when they do, give them a fist bump. So, all right. Uh, Janelle, again, thank you for being here. Anyone else? Hey, share this out with someone you know that can use some encouragement uh, to get a better life, to get the examples. Okay. And also to get a hold of Janelle Green. Again, that's with an E at the end. And to find her and talk to her for that one hour free. And then see what happens, get a connection to help, and then go from there. So, everybody else, hey, uh, I'm Dr. James Purdue. Thank you for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.